welcome back everyone to another episode of the Black Create Connect podcast. And I have with me today one of probably one of the most um, craziest guests that I'll probably have on here. Not crazy. Not crazy. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I don't know, she's not crazy. She's very, she's she's just creative and she's just an open free spirit. And I've actually known this person for 13 years probably and you know how I love to get long-term guests on here because there's more juice there's more depth so you know let's um, give it up for Denise Kadua who is a sickle cell warrior and a creative assistant a former sales professional welcome thank you BCC also Denise has been just a shout out to Denise because she's been massively helping me with BCC like from the beginning of this year and honestly this podcast probably wouldn't be happening child without with without Denise's support encouragement her assistance and resources it it means a lot so oh thank you public thanks you know but yeah but um so for those that don't know it's a national sickle cell awareness yes month this month in september September. um and as i guess denise is someone that has sickle cell yeah i would like her to kind of first of all tell us what sickle cell is yeah Let's get started with that. Okay, well, mm, child, I'm not the dictionary. <laughs> no, but <laughs> let me no. Let's let let let's go with the what it says on the Google. Okay, yeah. First of all, because I could give you the spill, but okay. I don't want no one to come for me in the comments like that's not what it is. Okay, but sickle cell. Okay, what is it? <laughs> okay, in the meantime, while she's finding the, the definition, the purpose of sickle cell awareness month from my research is so that we can have more awareness and what it is we can dedicate more money to resources to understand how to you know make people that have sickle cell live a better life yeah as well is there any other reason yeah yeah yeah. so it's essentially like any awareness month it's literally to just spread awareness so more people are aware of what it is and in order to yeah help people that suffer with sickle cell in the uk and i guess around the world as well to like live a better life in this place we call London, aka the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. But so sickle cell anemia. So it's a severe hereditary form of anemia, which is a mu- which is a mutated form of hemoglobin distorts the red blood cells into a crescent shape at low oxygen levels. It is common amongst those of African descent. So yeah, essentially. That's a very like high end way of saying it, but basically, with sickle cell anemia, you're 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 somebody that doesn't suffer with it. So your red blood cells are a circular shape, and mine are in a crescent shape or an abnormal sort of shape. All of them. Yes, and my red blood cells are like that. So it obviously that affects the way the blood travels through the body. Mm. Um, you know, when they join and meet in a joint, which is obviously an awkward place for it to like meet, mm. that can cause um, a crisis. Um, and yeah, it's something that my both my parents have the trait. Mm. So that means that I have the disease. I have two older sisters. One of them, she doesn't have anything. And my middle sister, she has the disease and I have the disease. So they say it's like sort of, one in four so if my parents were to have another child maybe that child would have had just the trait or right. she could have not had any she like i knew but you know what i mean like their other child if they chose to have one could have not 
had anything. So, yeah. Did your parents know they both had the trait before they got together? So, because my middle sister had the disease, I feel like that's when they were like, oh, okay, we've got sick stuff. Like, because back in the day, and it's funny, actually, because it was a big thing, because obviously what the Google said that it's common amongst um, people of African descent. In Africa, there was a big, like, drive and, like, thing against people getting married if you had the trait because really yeah because essentially back in the day nobody really knew what it was and the life expectancy of somebody that had sickle cell back then was like infancy like you wouldn't really make it to your past five sort of thing like even with me um because my sister had it like doctors said to my mum, like, are you sure you want to keep this pregnancy? And my mum's really? African. Yeah, mum's African woman said, listen, That's I'm keeping my baby. Like, yeah, I'm keeping my child. Like, it's not that. But yeah, it's um, it's a disease where they they knew they had it. But I guess with the trait, there's different symptoms. And some with sickle cell in general, it affects people differently. So mm. I feel like it wasn't anything that they had on their radar to be like, oh, we can't get married or anything like, they weren't thinking like mm. that, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Mm. So when you were born, did they know straight away? How did you find out that you had sickle cell? Me personally, I feel like I knew I had sickle cell or something different when I was like in primary school, when I had my first crises. Like even before that, I don't really remember like my parents sitting me down and being like, you've got sickle cell. Like I don't, I don't really? remember having that sort of, no, nah, I, I, I just, I know my first experience and memory of it was when I was in the hospital for like a good couple of weeks. And I had to like, I had to go to school in the hospital. Like I was doing, cause, because I was in the hospital for so long. Like I had to like, do they work in had the to hospital. do work in hospital when how, I was in primary school. How, how old was you at the time? How old are you in year like five, year four? So year maybe like nine or 10? Yeah, or like that? I was about that that age. So, so do you remember what took place with the crisis? Yeah, so when I was, when, and believe it or not, um, people, I was very into sports growing <laughs> up. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I loved sports. So I did like netball, athletics, all of that stuff. And I think I was doing something, some sort of sport. I think it was like high jump. Yeah, the one that's over the thing. You've done you done high jump? jump. <laughs> yeah, is high jump the one when you go over the over the thing and then you land in the mat, land in the, the thing. That's high jump, right? Yeah, you did yeah, high yeah, jump. Yeah, I did high jump. It's because you're so small, that's why. Yeah, that, whatever, I was good at it. <laughs> Um, and I did that and I think I hurt I hurt my knee and that triggered a crisis so oh. basically like a range of different things can tr trigger a crisis but I remember when I was that that first crisis that I had was because my knee was like messed up and I guess all the the um red blood cells sort of joined and was like hey yo so what so <clears throat> when you say that triggered a crisis yeah what happens in your body is it that so you have the red blood cells, yeah. just, just so that we understand. Yeah, cool. they're, yeah. they're, they're in your um, body. So what triggers a crisis is when they all come together and yeah, clump yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So right. that pain. So I remember, like, I've been in and out of the hospital kind of my whole life, really. But I remember one crisis, like, depending on what hospital you go to. Like, I remember I went to the hospital and if you take a like an x-ray or a scan of someone that's having a crisis it mm. could look like they they've got a blood clot 
because of the way in which they all conjoin in a particular place. So that's maybe a visual representation, but that's not that that's what causes the pain. So the the because of the bloodstream and stuff yeah. like that. That's why like, you know what I mean, I like I drink water like no man's business yeah. but like it's because it that helps the blood flow throughout your body like and not like conjoin and basically trigger a crisis so when the the blood clots come together apart from it being painful what other implications does that have oh like there's a range like the the thing is with a crisis it's like it's one of those things that are kind of hard to explain but it kind of feels like I don't want to say an explosion, but like something that is like, it starts really subtly in terms of pain and uncomfortability. And then it like just keeps building and building. And I always kind of describe it as like lots of like little knives in a particular part of your body, just jabbing, 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 constant, constant, Worse constant than a tattoo? Pain. Oh, 100% worse. No, because I scream whenever <laughs> I get tattoos, so. No, my pain tolerance is fairly high. Like, yeah, like in terms of like the, pain of a crisis like it's 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 a um what's the word it's a disease that that there's no cure so like people pass away from the pain of a crisis and really yeah 100 percent. it's it's a very lethal um disease um yeah so how do they treat you in hospital so there's no cure but what can be done to help so it's, it's all pain management. It's all about pain oh, management, really. Like, um, so for me, particularly, like, different things, as I said earlier, can trigger a crisis. So, like, if I'm too cold, even if I'm too hot, like, change of temperatures, anything mm. that changes in your body, like, obviously, as a woman, like, your menstrual cycle, like, almost every month, like, mm. I know I'm going to have a day where I'm completely man down, and that's because of the changes in my body, like, sort of Mm, happening. mm. So, what did you say, sorry? So, in regards to the, like, the pain and the treatment that Yeah, so, yeah, sorry, pain management. So, yeah, so for me, like, a a lot, some sickle um, cell people, they have a lot of, like, their hard medication that they can access, like, at home. And, or, like, for me, like, I have, like, I'm on, like, cocodamol just as a standard like well regularly oh yeah yeah yeah. like that's i will never forget this is getting into like the work thing once and i remember there was one time um at work someone was like oh does anyone have like any painkillers or something and i was like, oh yeah i got cocodamol and the guy was like to me he's like i've got a headache i haven't been shot and i was like <laughs> i was like oh sorry <laughs> like because for me standard. paracetamol is like that's gummy bears for me but like yeah like so you you do, you can some people can deal with the pain management at home so for me like when i'm going into crisis or i feel a bit off like i'll take like my pain medication at home and when they don't work or when the pain is still consistent that's when i know okay maybe i need to go to hospital because i need to maybe have some intravenous like actual injected medication and it's once you get to hospital it's just about them being able to settle that pain really and that can take how long it varies it does vary on person to person but like for me i think i haven't stayed in the hospital for less than at least five days like that's that's pretty intense yeah it is it's a it's a long time yeah and that's that i feel like that's 
bare minimum. Like some people can be in there for a minute. Really? Yeah. yeah. See, I felt like when whenever you said that, like growing up, you were in hospital. Mm. I never f- fully understood why for so long. Yeah. So, like as I say, I always say I'm very lucky. Like I feel like when I was younger, especially, and I don't know whether or not that's lifestyle or I don't know, but I feel like when I was younger, I kind of like had. I don't want to say like sound, to sound cocky, but I felt like I knew what I was doing right and wrong to get me in hospital. So I was in a, I was kind of every two years, maybe I'd get in a crisis, like, but you, you know, know that you're... I kind of knew like it was coming, like my body's tired or like I've, I've, I've been on too many nights out or like I've, mm-hmm. I've, decided I didn't want to wear my jacket in the winter mm, or mm, I'm mm. wearing my blazer for for style <laughs> for, stu- for style instead of wearing a jacket like yeah, I yeah. like I kind of knew it but then like as I got older um like even now like I've realized there's so many different things that like can trigger a crisis like stress can trigger a crisis mm. and I, I I just didn't know that like mm. only until like <coughs> my cousin um passed away from cancer and that year, I think I had like two crises versus like years before where I wouldn't mm. like for a good year, I'd be okay. Mm. So yeah, it. I think because the pain is so intense, that's why it varies how long you stay there. And also that pain can cause complications. So some people like having sickle cell can make you prone to strokes. It can make you... Really? Yeah, there's loads of different complications that can come with having sickle cell. It's mad. Never knew this. I'm teaching you something. This is, this is quite enlightening. So, okay, so going back to your childhood then, like yeah. what, so when obviously this first happened to you, what was it like for you as a child? Like when you had that conversation with your parents, with your friends, with yeah. your teachers, like what? How, yeah, how was it? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, like looking back, I just, I don't want to say in denial, but I just feel like it wasn't something that like, I never wanted to be like, oh, I'm different. I've got like a wow. Like I didn't want to, it was, and to be honest, I don't feel like I had that much knowledge on it. Like as a child, like it was just something that meant I couldn't do certain things or like even the understanding of it, like, you know, with um, the blood cells being sickled, obviously that affects how much oxygen you get, which um, it said. Mm. So like things like swimming and being like running and being out of breath, I was just thinking, girl, you too fat. <laughs> but it's a sickle cell. No, but it is like, it's it's a, it's a symptom of the situation. Like, I, I feel like only, only when I'm actually in hospital, do I feel like it's like a penny drop moment for like friends and stuff like that? Like mm. I, I don't feel like it's something that I go on about. Go on like... about when I was when I was younger, especially no. So do you think your school did all they could do to like help you and accommodate? To be honest, I don't even know if they knew like that. Like really, I went to therapy the, not the other day. I went to therapy about over a year ago, which is something that I do think that a lot of sickle cell patients should try or I personally think it should be something that is accessible because everybody 
knows about the physical implications of sickle cell, but I feel like the mental implications of sickle cell is quite deep as well. Because essentially, sickle cell is a hidden disease. Because you look at me and you wouldn't necessarily think there's anything wrong mm. unless I sat down and had mm. a <laughs> podcast conversation yeah. with you to yeah. tell you I've got sickle cell. Like, yeah. walking around the street, you don't really... Like, it's, it's a hidden disease. You don't see it. So I feel like when I was in school, especially, like... I'm sick. It's not, I've got sickle cell, so I need these sorts of, like, allowances or stuff like that. I feel like my parents most probably had, like, conversations with the relevant teachers, but it wasn't, like, a widespread, like, all my friends knew. Like, my close friends, yeah, but, like, it's not a known thing that, oh, Denise's over there with sickle cell. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Do you think that they should have, that they could have been more that they could have done? Like, so looking back now... yeah. Could you just do much? I mean, I think just just on the hidden side of it, like it is it is quite difficult to kind of feel like you're invisible almost. Sometimes uh. you can get yourself in in that space. So mm. maybe like an acknowledgement might have made me feel better, but that's mm. I, I can't I can't I can't really say that because I don't know because I think I, I don't know I feel like maybe when I was younger I most probably would have just preferred to just be normal and nobody like just treat me like everyone else sort of situation but then that's the mental side of it where it's like how long can you really do that for yeah because it's because it obviously it affects your childhood yeah and if if teachers at least know because it might be a thing where in PE for example yeah. like you said I actually can't do this and teachers like no you're being lazy Denise like right. did you have those type of situations yeah and- yeah like not not like necessarily them saying it like and me, me thinking oh yeah this is like a direct thing because I've got sick so I don't want to do this like I I feel like it would be nice, but then that's where the that's where the awareness comes from because people a lot of people like so, so I've been to hospital, and some nurses are like sick of what like are you serious a hundred percent in this UK oh yeah people go in and they don't know what it is oh yeah some nurses are like in recent years I won't lie in recent years way better but I think that comes with just experience and being like an adult now that I know that like they actually can't leave me in casualty for longer than like 10, 15 minutes without Mm. being seen. Mm. But there's been times when I was younger that I took myself to the hospital and stayed there for time until my dad got there and was like, why is she still here? Yeah. Why is she still sat here? Like that, that I've had situations like that. So like, but is it because they don't know the urgency of what's, yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. And that's what, that's what it is. So I think having the awareness and getting the awareness out there for people to know what it is and the implications of it and like how it affects people, just that alone can change people's perception of mm. the disease. Mm-mm. Yeah. So kind of like walking your way through, so obviously school, you managed it, university, did it have any implications when you went, when you studied or? Oh, or <laughs> not <University>. really. <laughs> the university of Hertfordshire. <laughs> Um, oh yeah! Oh yeah! We went and, to- and, and another another alumni, <laughs> another <laughs> alumni of UH. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, did I have any crisis in uni? I did have a crisis in uni, but again, so okay, so like younger didn't know, didn't drink, obviously. <laughs> um, so when I went to uni, and I'm yeah. like, 
out here in these streets drinking like we drank for pastimes yeah. in uni. I didn't realize obviously alcohol makes you dehydrated. Being dehydrated as a sickle cell person is like the worst thing because obviously it stops, the, doesn't help with the blood flow. Mm. So I do remember, I don't know if it's first year or second year that I had a crisis and I think I went to like a hospital in like Welling Garden City or something weird. A random hospital. Like, you know, there's like a random hospital. Yeah. And yeah, that was a weird experience. But I think... Again, by that time, like my friends and people that I live with, they knew that I had sickle cell. Mm. So it wasn't like a, oh, I'm hiding or I'm like not, I'm pretending I don't have it or anything mm. like that. It was very much like just a learning curve for me to be like, oh, this means this. Like you, if you drink this, if you drink excessively, this could happen. But mm. I think for me, like, just having my own awareness and education and understanding of my own body as well as having the disease that has helped me over the years like so again in uni I didn't sickle that much thank god mm. but like I definitely had like blips and moments because the thing with sickle cell as well it's not just like those major crises like mm. I wake up in pain most days like anyway day to day yeah like but that's because it's so normal to me it's not something that I register as not pain everywhere in your body? No. So it's different points. So for me, like, obviously, it's especially in the joints, like, that's where it can affect. But, like, for me, it's mostly, like, my wrists or, like, um, my ankles sometimes. Mostly it's, my like, my wrists and my hands, I think. Maybe because I'm on my phone too much. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> like, those are where I wake up and I can feel a bit yeah. groggy. But, yeah. like, usually... Like by 10 o'clock, 10, 11 o'clock, I'm You're pretty fine. much good to go. Yeah. So you just take your pain painkillers in the morning or do you just deal with the pain? It, it, yeah, it depends on how I'm feeling. Like for me personally, I don't like to take too many like pain meds if I don't have to anyway. Mm. So if I can get through it, I, I'll try to. Have you looked into any like natural or like herbalist or... Anything that could... Yeah, I haven't. I was about to lie, but I ha I haven't. <laughs> yeah. But I know that there are a lot. Like, I think CMOS is supposed to be really good. Like, in general, coming from an African household, I feel like ginger is just part of... Ginger, ginger well, cayenne pepper, garlic, garlic like as well, all of those things. So onions. No, but like, yeah, like, so for, like, generally, like, my mum like ginger yeah. tea and stuff like that. I take those. But I know there are more like holistic things that can help the pain. Okay. Not, necessarily cure, not necessarily cure, but can definitely help. And it is something that I want to look more into okay. for myself as I get older. So is, is if there's anyone out there that has got sickle cell that's used holistic ways... Oh, yeah. Drop in the comments. Like, yeah, let me know. Like, because I'm open to it. Like, I'm not... Yeah, I'm definitely open to it because I don't love taking pain medication. I mean, who does? But, yeah. Yeah. And also... Like, don't you find that your body becomes almost immune? Yeah. So, like, the painkillers? Yeah, that, that, that is a thing. That is a thing, especially because we... I have to take, like, penicillin and folic acid most days. That's part of my, like medication and that's one that i've like seen things that you can get immune to it if you just obviously have to take it daily. yeah but because they don't have a cure like these are the things that they 
give us to sort of manage mm, mm, mm. manage things to stop us from getting like infections mm. and like you know covid was a massive like obviously it's a massive infection and um we were like one of the vulnerable people so um when that happened we were like you know they they, we had the extreme rules like you can only crack a window you can't go for a walk like it was wild what was that like for you oh my god being worst time ever lockdown having sickle cell worst time ever hated it just it was awful what could you do what like what was it so first of all it was really intense and at the time i was living at home obviously african parents covid watching the news 24 7 it's the end of the world. Mm-mm. Jesus is coming. <laughs> so my parents were very like on it. So they were not into like me going out, like even for a little bit and stuff like that. And they would send us like letters and letters and letters, like telling us like how the vulnerable should stay at home and stuff like that. And yeah, it was very intense. Like for the first, the first two lockdowns were very, very intense. So you me. didn't go out at all? No, I didn't. I didn't go nowhere. Like I didn't go nowhere. I didn't even see my partner like for <laughs> like however long because of it because his mum was also vulnerable so and obviously back then there was not a lot of information on like what it was and what happened and blah blah, blah. Mm. and a lot of people were passing away and it was just a lot so I was just thinking yeah I can't afford to get this and it's actually um yeah so my last crisis was actually this time last year so that's why I was like, yeah, I'll do the podcast because I'm happy to talk about it. Um, but yeah, that's another reason why I'm doing my event this this year as well. So this mm. time last year, I got COVID um, and it was intense. Even though I was vaccinated, I was still like man down. And basically that infection triggered a crisis, which is what they basically were like protecting against. And that, because they, they said people that were vulnerable, obviously were more susceptible for their their chronic illnesses to flare up and stuff like that Mm. so that's essentially what happened to me so I got covid and then it triggered a crisis and I in my ribs in your ribs like yeah because obviously there's there's joints there there's bones there so So the pain was in your ribs yeah that's where it was and um yeah I ended up being in hospital for like a week but obviously because or maybe a little bit longer um but because of the covid when I tested, even though I didn't have it anymore, you know, they, they there was a whole, like, false positives thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, not false positives, it's, like, it's still kind of in your system. Mm. Like, I wasn't able to be on, like, my usual sickle cell ward, so I was, like, on a COVID ward, and it was, like, hell on earth. Like, it was just, like, the worst place. Because in general, like, when you go to hospital and you've got sickle cell, you want to be in the hematology wards. You want to be where all the doctors are. So I wasn't able to be there because they... They didn't want me infecting anyone else. So, yeah, that whole COVID time was like... Why was it so cute. bad for you, being in hospital at that time? Because because I wasn't in the haematology wards, it took longer... Because obviously the NHS is under massive strain anyway. Yeah. So it took longer for like the doctors to come to me. And then the, the nurses that were giving me my pain meds weren't the sickle cell nurses. They were just normal nurses. And like, just little things like just miscommunications. They just didn't know. Yeah. Like just, just the, the, the day in day out stuff, like the miscommunication of like, Oh, when I press, 
my bell, that means I need it now. Not like, oh, well, but you're not due it for another week, not for another couple of hours. And it's like, no, no, no. If I press, that means now. But like, if I was on a- Because the pain's really bad, yeah. yeah. But if I was on a hematology ward, they would know that. Like, that would just be like second nature. But- yeah, that's why it was just, it wasn't nice being in the hospital that time because obviously... And no one and, could visit you as well. Yeah, because I had COVID. Well, they, yeah, they thought I had COVID. I tested negative after like a couple of days of being there. And that was another thing. It's like, oh, I'm negative now. Can I go to the ward where I'm going to be looked after the right way? And it's like, oh, no. Like, I, th- I feel oh, like gosh. I was in there for like just about a week and I think I tested negative like halfway through and it was only like the day before I was like I want to go home they were like oh yeah we'll move you now and I'm like no like no like just give me my medication so I can just handle it at home because the thing is even when you have a crisis Mm. a lot of the time they send you out with like a whole suitcase of medication that you still need to get you through the the time it just means that you're not taking up a hospital bed anymore so when you go back home and you're on that medication mm. and you're still kind of te- technically in a crisis what can you do do you just have to lie there and do nothing yeah you just have to like slowly try and get yourself back to like normal and like operating again but like it's it's kind of trial and error because you you don't know you don't want to force yourself to be ready to be out cheer or go back to work or mm. anything like that but you kind of have to because you're out of hospital now. So what what implications does it have on your mental health? Because I feel like when I'm on my period, <laughs> no, for real, like I, I'm like, oh my goodness, I need a break. I can't deal. This yeah. is uh, annoying me. Like this is a lot of up and down yeah. like, for your body. So how does it affect your mental health? For me, it's difficult because like, it's almost like a betrayal because it's like my body's turning against me. Like I did not wake up and say I wanted to be in pain. Mm. So why are we doing this today? Mm. Like, and I think it's like the, the, um, I don't, not surprise, but the, um, what's the word when it's like up and down? Um, Going to the English dictionary, please. <laughs> no, but you don't. And um, fluctuating no, or the, it's not fluctuating. the 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 feeling, the spontaneity. Okay, of right. the disease. Okay. I'll use that word. Right. But like, just not knowing, like the not knowing of like when a crisis is gonna hit, because it's not. Ne- it's not like clockwork. It's not what I thought it was when I was younger. It's not like that. So like, I think sometimes it does get frustrating when you're thinking like it it can be a massive inconvenience as well to be honest like you can have special occasions like as I said like this time last year like my friends were getting married and I was looking forward to the wedding and I was just like this does not work for me like Mm -hmm. like or it can hit like on special occasions it can hit when you know you have you've made plans for the day but now because your body is like deciding it's not cooperating, that can be quite frustrating. And like, just basically every day making a decision to be like, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go, I'm going to do this. It's kind of like a battle. It's like, you don't know what's going to happen. So yeah, it's like a battle between your mind and your body basically. So that's uh, like it. it, it, I, I always say that I feel like 
having sickle cell has taught me to try and be like really mentally strong because you have to be because if every single time you felt pain or like you're down it it can just it can swallow you and it can consume you so Mm. it's just trying to like battle that really you mentioned earlier about getting therapy yeah why did you start it and how long ago did you start it and has and what type of um, implications has it had or effect? So the had? reason why I started it had nothing to do with sickle cell, ironically. Okay. okay. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, I lost my cousin to cancer who mm. was a year older than me. Mm. And last year, I felt like every time it got towards her anniversary, mm. I felt like I was not coping. Mm. And I was like, oh, like... I've got to do something different. Like, I can't just keep getting to the end of the year and wishing away Mm. the last quarter of the year. Like, Mm. it just doesn't make sense. So I was like, let me try therapy. Um, And maybe that will, you know, help. Um, And I went and, you know, I don't know if you've done therapy before, but it was like talking therapy where you literally just sit there. And I'm very like, I like structure. So I thought I was going to go there and she'd be like, listen, today we're going to talk about this. And she just sat me down and she's like, so why are you here? (laughs) Okay. I told you that before I came. Like, what do you mean? And then basically the conversation turned to talking about sickle cell. And I was like, whoa, like... In the first one? Yeah. So, like, in the first conversation, because she she doesn't necessarily, like, steer you in any direction. She just kind of says, why? And why do you think that? And why? And it's, like, a, just a constant thing. And it was really interesting for me because I just... I never thought of how big of a role sickle cell plays in my life until I went to therapy and she kind of talked me into talking about how... I see the world and how I sort of not hide, but exist with this disease with not everybody knowing like, cause there's no badge I wear that says I've got sickle cell. Mm. But then she kind of pushed me to think about that a little bit more and think about what living with a chronic illness actually means. So that first session, I was like, yeah, this is really intense. And they say with, sick, with um, not with sickle cell, with therapy, sorry, you shouldn't start it until you're absolutely like ready to do the work. Because they say it's like, it's like going to the gym. You can't mm. go to the gym once and it's gym for your mind. That's mm. what they say. So you can't go to the gym once and be like, I'm cured now. Like, woohoo. But what work is it that they... Like, it, it's, it, when, when I say work, it's more like the consistency of the sessions. Like, you, there's no point in starting and then stopping. So she recommended to do, like, a six-week program and then keep going from then and then. Mm. But but it, but therapy is really, really intense. So I... It sounds like it. Yeah, so I just did... Like, have you ever done therapy? No, but I've had a lot of friends that have and it does sound very intense. Oh, it's so intense. So that first session, I was like, I'm not coming back to you, Jeff. <laughs> if, I, if I told, like, that woman, I was like, listen. And it's also a relationship as well, though, because I don't feel like, I don't know whether or not we had that. Like, she she definitely helped me for that period, that time but I was just like yeah I'm not ready to commit to this fully until I'm in a place where I can deal with what may or may not come out of these sessions so yeah yeah because I feel like with therapy from what I've understood from my friends they really hold things in your face like things that oh, yeah. you've coped with you think you've coped with yeah you, yeah, <laughs> yeah that you think you've coped with they hold it in your face and say you oh, know these are the issues and because life can be very intense sometimes 
it's like I, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. to yeah, face no, 100%. everything. It's too much yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. 100%. Like, so you had that one session. Yeah, one session. I said, yeah, then, I'll come back later. How did you find her as well? Because I've, that's another thing. It's like. So I chose a black woman because yeah. I wasn't, that was always going to be, I couldn't go with anything to, else. With anything yeah. else. Like, I don't even think I would have chosen a black man. I think it had to be a black woman mm. just so I had that, that relatability. Mm. Um, and it, she was good. Like, the thing is, because obviously there's different types of therapy that you can get. And because um, initially I was going to go through the NHS, but they wanted to do like um, different, a different type of therapy. I can't remember what it is now off the top of my head. But that was a free one. But I was like, nah, like, I think I need more talking therapy, which is literally the one where they just let you talk and then they take you on this journey mm. through questions. So... I felt she was good. Like, she was good. She was intense. And I didn't like what she said. So, I didn't go <laughs> so do you think that the things that she covered in a therapy session could yeah. be done in a conversation with a friend? No. Why? Because, well, they always say that, don't they? That you, like, with with therapy, they don't have the relationship with you so I didn't know who like I didn't know what she I didn't know she was married I didn't know she had kids like we didn't have that you don't have that personal relationship with your therapist Mm. they don't know you like that so I feel like with friendships like my friend knowing me might change the way in which they give advice or the way they hear or receive something I'm saying so that's why I feel like well, they say everybody should do therapy and I do agree. I think everybody should do therapy because being able to speak to like an independent party to give you like an insight can be really beneficial. I was, I also feel like with therapy, it's one of them things like going to the gym, following someone else's regime might not be good for you. So even if That's you go the to thing, a therapist, yeah. you don't need to take what they say as as like, gold you just learn from what you can in that conversation and apply it to your life in whichever way benefits you essentially is what Mm. I I, I see it as I don't I don't agree with people going to therapy and being like oh my therapist said this and now I'm gonna do this it's like no just take it the conversation for what it is and see what what how you can grow from that the thing is the therapy I feel like it's like what you, like what you said it's good but i think something that i haven't got my head around is you have an opinion on my life and you don't know me but they don't it's it's not an opinion it's basic talking therapy is they're not giving you an opinion they're basically asking you a question for you to answer it's for you they're not they don't well i don't know but she didn't say i think you think like this right they're not okay okay got she's you. not there to that, that well from my understanding she wasn't there to diagnose me and be like this is what's wrong with you right, I see. and this is what i feel like you need to work on it's from what you said i'm hearing this am i right right okay yes i'm oh if i'm right does this mean this and then you have to sit there and be like oh okay maybe maybe not that's what i mean like so yeah. it's not it's, i don't feel like it should be a thing where like yeah so if you don't mind sharing what are some of the things that she brought to the surface that are not too personal about was it was it about sickle cell yeah that like made the you stuff feel like that was like much? not too personal she basically spoke about the fact that i'm living with something that not everybody understands yeah. and how does that affect 
my relationships with people mm. and how does that affect the way I present to the world mm. and stuff like that. So I didn't have a problem with her saying stuff like that. Mm. But then it was just more so this like stuff about like her, she was pushing me to basically realise that I haven't deeped the mm. severity mm. of my disease, if that makes sense. Right. Because obviously it is a disease that people can die from. Like, mm. it's not a joke. Like, the life expectancy is mad. If I Google it now, it's most probably going to tell me I'm, I've got a couple of years. But I don't want to live in that space. Mm. So, like, I think that's where it can become a bit Too dangerous much. or tricky. That's where it came a bit tricky for me because it's like, that's, I don't want to live in that space of fear. Mm. Like, I live in faith. So mm. I want to just be like, I've... I'm very much like, I've got sickle cell, sickle cell doesn't have me. Like, I'm not that, that that's not all of me, basically. Mm. So I think that's where it became a bit intense because the whole conversation became about right. sickle cell. I see, I see. Yeah. I see, okay. So kind of moving on to like other support systems mm-hmm. in workplaces. Yeah. I don't actually think that, companies are usually aware of sickle cell and how it can affect their employees no I feel like that's not a common thing that's potentially comes up that comes up have you do you, do you disclose it with employers when you work with people so in the past absolutely not like just no but like recently why Don't because know. again I feel like where I'm lucky in a sense that I don't crisis a lot well I can't really say that now, but like as frequently, like I'm not in and out of the hospital. Luckily, like right now, I don't do blood transfusions and stuff like that, where that can be like biweekly or monthly. Like some that's people, that someone has has to get yeah, them. Yeah, Why? Yeah. Because they some they some people do blood exchanges where they like remove their blood and then replace it. That's why blood donorship. What to help them to help reduce? Their, yeah, reduce the um, sickled cells in their right. system, so it it gives them a better quality of life. Basically, right. I see. So I don't do that at the moment. Where you know, that's a whole different story. But. Um, they basically want me to do something else instead of doing a blood transfusion, but I feel like that's a money situation with the NHS. And obviously because not a lot of, like, we need more black donors and stuff like that, There's they they try and um, reserve that for people that are, like, severely in and out of hospital. So, right, because so, so that's not an option for you? It's not, well... It is an option for me, but that's not the option they're pushing for me right now. Can you but, disclose the option that they are or no? Um, yeah, it's a, it's some sort, it's a, again, because it's not something that I want to do. It's um, a pill. I don't know what it's called. I don't know what it's called. Well, it's a pill that basically helps, but there's a lot of symptoms and um, side effects that come with this. So it's like, hair loss nail loss like it's got a small amount of chemo in it and there's like it has worked for some people but to cure them or not to to cure them just help with better quality of life there's no cure long term so you take one one pill and that's it no 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 it's consistent okay i see so like where i'm not in that place yet i don't i don't know whether or not in the next couple of years that circumstance might change for me where i do have to look into that as an option that's why i didn't disclose it to um employers but now recently actually i have started Mm -hmm. like bringing it up in interviews or like talking about it because i've also kind of learned to see it more as a strength 
rather than a weakness. Because before, mm. I feel like I saw it as a weakness. Like, oh my God, I don't want to tell an employer that I've got this. Because then like most think, people decide, yeah, like yeah. they're going to think I'm unemployable, basically. Mm. But like in recent years, I have like just, yeah, I mentioned it. Like, yeah, I've got this. This means this. But what it actually means is that you've got somebody that's going to be on your team that is very resilient. <laughs> and the fact that <laughs> yeah. it's that's, that's the reality of my situation. So... I think, yeah, in the corporate, when I was in corporate, didn't really disclose it because I didn't see the benefit of it, especially because it's something that is specifically to do with the black community. I feel like it would have taken too long for people to understand what it was. So I'd rather just deal with it. Like, I remember being on calls on in a crisis, like what? when I was in sales and being like, you can't hang up the phone. Barely breathing. Like, just... Are you serious? Like, putting my mic on mute, mute every time when I needed to take a deep breath and stuff. And then, like, coming off and me, like, to my manager, yeah, I need to go to the hospital. Um, <laughs> Will they ask you why? Yeah, so, um, in like, after a while, like, a lot of my corporate jobs, I stayed there for a, a bit, so... They would figure it out. They, I like, would tell them eventually, yeah, because, like, I had to. <laughs> like, yeah, but mm. I just... I, I, I say that to say the... Like, just the presenting, like, I'm fine is second nature to me. So what do you think companies can do so that people like yourselves, yeah. especially black um, employees, can feel comfortable to disclose that? Because I think it's very important that they know from mm. the get-go. But you also have to feel comfortable and feel like there's a reason for them to know. So what do you think they can do to be more accommodating? It might be whilst you're interviewing, it might be whilst you're working. What can they do? I think... For me, the reason why awareness is actually quite important to me, which I think it's less about like a, oh, hey, how are you doing today? And more of just like an awareness to what it is. Like, do you know what I mean? Like the same way we, every corporate job I worked on celebrated mm. um, St. Patrick's Day. We celebrate Black mm, History Month. Mm, we celebrate... Mm mental health awareness month like mm. there will be emails about different like right. things yeah like i think it would have done a lot for me if there was an acknowledgement to sickle cell awareness month from a company do you know what i mean like or just the acknowledgement just an acknowledgement yeah, yeah. of knowing what it is like yeah. sip like i think that most probably could have done quite a bit so mm. i feel like just like having the knowledge of what sickle cell is or like mm -hmm. not always saying, oh, I've got sickle cell and then getting, oh, what's that? Like that would mm. be nice to just have a conversation with someone. They're like, oh yeah, I know what that is. Like, blah, 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 And they blah, understand blah, blah. And it. They just, even if yeah. it's on a basic level, I'm yeah. not trying to, I'm not, I'm me, I'm not a scholar. I just have it. So I never, I never even like where I've spoken about it in the past, like I'm not out here trying to be like, I'm sickle cell 101. Like, I do not know. I just live with it. And this is my experience. But, like, just having the basic knowledge of what it is mm. would be nice. It will make a difference as well because I think in teams, especially if there's anything that's performance-based by teams, if they see someone that's always off in the team but they don't know the reason why, yeah. or they say they're in hospital, they're like, hospital for what? And then you come back and you're looking nice, you're looking dull, they're going to think, What's, yeah, your yeah, legs yeah, are yeah. fine, your arm is fine, yeah, your yeah, face yeah. is fine, what is the What's problem? Happened? Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. It, I think from a team morale perspective, it's important for yeah, them to... Yeah, just an understanding, really. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So I guess in regards, so awareness is one thing. Is yeah. there anything else that 
I guess, not just employees, but friends, people that are out there can do to help with the research or development, anything to do with sickle cell? Well, I think it's important as black people to find out if you can be a donor, blood donor. Like, if you can give blood, like, look into it, see if you can. Because I think the more black blood that we have circulating the better quality of life it can give to people with sickle cell and just having basic understanding and knowledge of it like a lot of people like you know for me even in dating like it was very important for me that I had someone that didn't have the trait because then procreating I didn't want to give birth to a child that potentially had sickle cell mm. and have to go through what I, I went through. Mm. So just having knowledge of the diseases that affect our community, mm. I think is important just for black health, black mental health, for everything. Mm. I think it would just, that's something that I would like implore any black person to just know mm. what affects us as a people. You know, with them, I just thought about it, even having families and stuff as well, like you getting pregnant, I just had a flash in my in my mind, that would actually be painful. Oh, child, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared, but I'm covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Um, would you get a surrogate? No. I, I mean, I'm saying no with my chest now, but do I know what is, is in store? Um, God willing, I'll be able to carry my own children. Yeah, like, I hope so, yeah. But there's loads of um, women that have sickle cell and have given birth, like... Okay, do you, do you know some person? Yeah, I have... What, your sister? I, yeah, she doesn't have sickle cell. She's the oldest one. She doesn't oh, have any. Yeah, she doesn't oh, have okay, sickle okay. But, like, yeah, like, I... Um, I have people that I know that have sickle cell. Obviously, it's very difficult, and it it's a lot of planning, and it's a lot of, like forward planning because a lot of complications can happen when you have i mean just in general mm. childbirth is, is a mad is, thing yeah, like in general, just yeah. in general yeah. like so this on top you don't think about these yeah. small things on top as well yeah yeah, yeah. so but it, it's possible it's doable like yeah. there's loads of women that are out here doing it so yeah do you have like a sickle cell mentor like someone that has gone like a woman that's gone through a lot in life she's had kids she's done you know a lot of work and everything i don't only in recent years have i like started to like really like connect with other people that have sickle cell Mm. like i feel like for a long time i was just like yeah i've got sickle cell yeah what okay yeah Mm -mm. so like this is just it's me like Mm. i was one in my group of however many friends that I have like mm-hmm. that had sickle cell so I feel like um yeah in recent years like I've joined groups and stuff like that like there's loads of like sicklers that get together and like there's a real community of people that have sickle cell that are out there supporting each other like I'm part of um TSS whatsapp group they've got like the sounds of sickle cell of sickle um and there's like I don't even know how many people are in that group but like it's just a group with loads of warriors that talk about the complications and mm. how to help each other, like different um, like benefits or like um, remedies, or like everything. Yeah. And like yeah, so in recent years, I've like been part of like those groups because I feel like when I was younger, it was disassociation.com for me. That's just me being honest. What from the from these communities? Yeah, like just in in from the, having the disease. For me, it was right. just like, yeah, I've got sickle cell. So, so like in recent years, like where I've like connected with more people that had sickle cell and like just had conversations mm. about sickle cell. Like I feel like 
pre 2017, 2016, Denise wouldn't sit down on a podcast and talk about sickle cell. Well, what, what was the changing point for you? Was it the therapist? or No, it? no, 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 no. It wasn't the therapist. I think it was the fact that what I thought I had down packed about my disease, which was every two years I go to hospital and I have to have a crisis. Oh, it's an inconvenience in my life. Changed. That's when it, I was like, oh, okay, Denise, you don't know it all. So maybe you So you, you didn't need even to... fully understand your own disease until... Yeah, like, or just didn't know, like, the mental side and, like, yeah. you know, the different things that can trigger it. Like, I don't, I don't think I was deep in it like mm. that until, like, yeah post 2017 like Mm, I don't mm. I don't feel like I was like I didn't feel like I needed to understand Mm. it because I was Mm. just like it is I was very much it is what it is Mm. so that's why like I'm okay to talk about it now like I'm happy to speak about my experiences like it doesn't sometimes yeah it does become overwhelming when like you know you hear a story about um a sickler that's passed away like that is Mm. intense Mm. or like you see a twitter thread like i don't know like i think a year ago or like during the covid times a uh, um, young man i think he suffered in hospital i think it was like outside of london i hope i'm like getting this story somewhat correct but he had sickle cell and he passed away and it was like a massive thing on twitter like i don't know if you saw Mm, but like like when you see that like it becomes intense because you it's that reality of wow like this disease is massive but I feel like having it like I feel more comfortable talking about it and trying to like spread awareness because I can't complain and be like oh people don't know what it is if I don't talk about it yeah exactly yeah so that's why like when I was on YouTube a little second um (laughs) I did like videos on sickle cell or like my boyfriend did a, he did like a Instagram live mm. um, talking about like being like with someone that has sickle cell and like, obviously I'm doing the podcast and like mm. the event that I'm doing um, next week with Soho House and Friends. Um, so it's this week, the yes. event? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. not next week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's we're gonna talk, we actually want to talk about that as well, but I yeah, want you to finish. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. So, like, that's why I'm happy to do those things because, yeah, I want to spread awareness, spread awareness, get the conversation happening, and it's September sixth awareness month. So why not? And I think it's good to have these type of conversations and let people to have a deeper understanding because I think there's so much that goes out there saying donate blood, do this, and I'm just like, why? What does it mean? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. why am I donating blood? And it sounds really, but it sounds bad to no, ask the question. Yeah. So and because there's there's so many messages in general, like when it's it's, I'm, I'm a firm believer in having a deeper conversation to have a yeah. bigger understanding as to why you're doing something. Yeah. So that hopefully you know now I'll be like, okay, I can go and look and check if I can donate blood because yeah. now I see how it can make someone who's got sickle cells lives easier. Yeah. 100%. But, on, but onto that, so you've got the event happening this week. Woo, 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 With Soho House, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. So what, wait, what made you do the event in the first place? So my good friend, um, Sharon Nipper, she works at Soho. Shout out Sharon for that. Shout out Sharon <laughs> on that one. But yeah, so she works at Soho Friends um, and she works in events and like we've worked together it's so funny we were speaking about it the other day like we've worked together like she's really creative I'm creative like we've done things in the past and then 
it just so happened that obviously um, we wanted to do something back when it was um, World Sickle Cell Day, which is in June, I believe. Mm. But it was like the timings didn't work out. So we were like, oh, maybe we'll just like work towards um, September. And that's Mm. what we did. Mm. And obviously, like, she's someone I grew up with, known her Mm. since I was in secondary school. Like, she understands um, the disease. And obviously, it's it's important to me. It's important to her. So we were just like, you know what? Like, let's just do something that... Like, not too much pressure, but, like, something that we can basically talk about sickle cell, like, Mm. and highlight the creatives in the industry. Because, as I said earlier, like, having sickle cell doesn't... It doesn't define you completely. Mm. Like, the event is basically an evening to celebrate sickle cell creative. Mm. So we're going to have, like, um, a poet. We're going to have an artist. We're going to have a screening of... um, a show that... How did you find these people? This one's I'm part of the community. Oh, I'm this part is of, fantastic. I'm part of the community, darling. I love no, it. no, yeah. So, like, because I did, like, obviously get into the community and stuff yeah. like that, like, I know a lot of sicklers that yeah. are working in the industry. Sounds kind of cool. Sickler. Yeah. <laughs> You're a sickler. I'm a sickler. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, like, I know a lot of people in the industry, like, that are doing their thing so yeah. I just thought you know what like let's see who I can pull together let's mm. put together an event for them as well as like people that support in general and just come and chill and like have an evening like we're gonna have um like a CBD brand there to talk about um like the benefits of CBD and like obviously mm. that's a holistic well, not holistic, but like not traditional medication mm. route. And um, like, we're gonna have a DJ, gonna have like, yeah, it's gonna be lit. Like, if you can grab your tickets, are you gonna put it in the link below or what? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in the link description for this podcast and I'll also put it on the on that cake connects we've got like a link tree so i add the, the yeah. link there as well so that you can access it easily. Yes, yeah, it's, it's completely free. Um, just come down like just to socialize and really just we just wanted to spread awareness we just wanted to have an evening where we can do something a little bit different in the name of like awareness and charity and sickle cell do you have any photographers and videographers that are going to be here would you like us to do a call out for anyone that wants to come well we we, we had one we have one but listen if anyone wants to come and take some footage any press people I think it would be great if you if if you know someone that knows someone we never know know. listen come Black Create Connect yes let's connect let's let's connect you know with the creatives okay (laughs) who are black (laughs) (laughs) so so silly but honestly this is good Denise like this is something you should be really proud of I am actually I'm I'm really proud of it like I'm excited I think it's gonna be a really good evening like you know what's the time and location just in case people want to know that as well the the location is in Brixton it'll be in Mm -hmm. Brixton Mm -hmm. and all the details will be in the link in terms Mm -hmm. of the actual address Mm -hmm. it's gonna be from 6 to 11 on the Mm -hmm. 21st of September Mm -hmm. um so yeah, come down. It's a little midweek thing. Think of it as like, you know, after work drinks mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that. Think of it like that. Um, yeah, just come, connect, chill. We'll have a... Take some pictures, take spread some the awareness. Pics. And um, yeah, you can meet Denise in person and 
probably ask her some questions. Yeah, we're gonna be having we we'll be having a Q and A with some of the creatives as well. Um, so you can come and write your questions. Like if if you don't feel comfortable like asking or coming directly up to people like you can write your questions into like a little bowl and then it will be part of the q a session that will run like with that. some of the um some of the warriors and creatives and then yeah we'll just have some open conversations some yeah chin wags yeah. this is exciting and also denise is, is an incredible creative assistant as well she's working on some incredible projects so if you ever want to collaborate with her listen i'm available give her Production. a shout okay give Film, her a shout television yeah shout me i remember she's resilient okay because listen what, she, what she's doing i'm gonna be there <laughs> she'll show up i'll show up regardless even if she's in a, a bit of pain on her joints you know i'm so sorry guys i can't be 100 percent serious all the time so even oh, it's a serious matter even with me like when i go to hospital like i'll send pictures send pictures of, to my friends like with me and my drip like <laughs> like yeah i i think I, you posted on instagram before yeah yeah i think i have posted that was the the wedding that i went to and i was in hospital like the weekend i, I took a picture of myself because i was high on the drugs that they gave me and i was just like this is like so like what a juxtaposition is going on here like i'm cute this day and then i'm like literally in the hospital but like yeah it is definitely a serious disease and a serious Mm. subject Mm. but at the end of the day we're human Mm. and we have to like try and make the best out of all situations that we're in like we're in the middle of a cost of living crisis honestly all sorts the world is end times is near end times is knocking on our door you know jesus is coming soon listen you're on the right side if you want the wrong one <laughs> honestly it's, there's a lot happening but thank you thank you for coming on today and like being open and talking thank you about for having me your journey no it's, it's completely fine i hope that people listening got like a really good or better understanding as to why yeah. awareness is important and as i said as a disclaimer i am no um in no way a expert <laughs> I, I just have the disease as a disclaimer thank you i don't want nobody telling me no but it also affects people like listen this is your experience my experience just talking um yeah i'm just doing my best to like try and spread some awareness have some conversations and where better to do it than on my friend's podcast exactly um but yeah thanks denise for coming thanks for having me and i hope to see a lot of you at the event yes come down it's free did i say that already it's It's free free. hello it's can can you buy food and drinks as well yes you can buy food you can buy drinks fantastic listen have your dinner have your drinks there right and um, it'll be a nice little vibe yes but yeah thank you thank you for having me alright and share this podcast with your friends guys and I'll see you all on the next episode of the Black Great Connect podcast bye